0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com, that's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, GetPuroAir.com. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 347 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, I am answering four completely random and utterly unrelated listener questions. Every once in a while, I compile a group of listener questions and then I answer them one by one. There is no overarching umbrella theme to this episode. Again, the questions are completely unrelated. So I give condensed answers, definitely not comprehensive, condensed, and we answer a bunch of them all within. 30 minutes. So today on today's show, I have four questions. We're talking of in no particular order. We're talking about sustainability for college students. We're talking about eco-friendly bras and underwear. We are talking about sustainable home remodeling. And finally, we are discussing what to do with all those used baby and infant products, the baby bottles, the nipples, the breast pumps, the recalled car seats, etc., cetera, et cetera. So I told you the questions were all unrelated. Let's get into the first one, which comes from Becca. Becca asked, what should she do with regard to bras and underwear? She said she bought a brand in the past. It was marketed as eco-friendly, but it did not last more than six months, by the way. If anybody's listening, well, what brand did she buy? She bought a cup brand, C-U-U-P. So she wants something with less impact on the environment, but she also wants something that's going to last a long time. What are we to do? Well, let me say first and foremost that bras and underwear are exceptionally personal purchases, are they not? We have sizing considerations that we must keep in the forefront of our mind, especially if we're buying online. The smaller and the more truly eco conscious brands are often, not always, but often selling solely online. So, If you have special concerns with bra sizing, let's say, you've never purchased from a company before and you wanna make the right purchase, you don't wanna be returning this purchase, it's a hard thing to do to, let's say, buy a bra or underwear online if we don't know how it's gonna fit. So I feel your pain, Becca. I have a few tips for you, just general umbrella tips, as you seek to purchase eco-friendly clothing, specifically bras and underwear. And then I'm going to give you some brands to take a look at. General things to look for. Try to find certified organic natural fibers or a high percentage of recycled fibers within the product. So synthetic underwear that has no percentage of recycled material, that would be unsustainable in my opinion you could do better okay so certified organic natural maybe certified organic cotton or it has a high percentage of recycled fibers so if you're thinking about let's say maybe a bra the bra portion is cotton organic cotton but then the stretchy part the part that goes around your back is often stretchy stretchy often means polyester that part of the garment would boast a high percentage of recycled fibers. Another good sign is if the company is really darn transparent about where their products are manufactured. So where are they manufactured? What is their sustainability plan? There should be pages upon pages upon pages of information on their websites. And if there isn't, if you're left with more questions than answers when you're looking on their websites, it's likely smoke and mirrors. With whatever you choose to purchase, make sure you're hand washing and air drying these items. That's the best way to care for our undergarments and it's the best way to make them last as long as possible. Especially, you know, with these small delicate pieces of clothing, often there's again stretchiness, there's plastic. If we're not putting plastic you know, Tupperware, if we're not putting plastic Tupperware in the microwave because we know what happens to plastic when we heat it up in the microwave, we then should apply that logic to putting plastic or synthetic fibers in the dryer. Take the extra three seconds and hang them up and they will last longer, I promise you. If you're unsure of your size, so this is going back to the fact that buying clothes online is really taking a shot in the dark. It's really just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best, especially when it comes to undergarments, right? If you're unsure of your size, consider getting fitted in a store before purchasing online if possible. Consider reaching out to customer service and asking how their products in general or how the particular product that you're looking for fits, Knowing your specific measurements, getting professionally measured, can help you wherever you choose to buy. That's really important when it comes to bras, especially. Okay, so I have a couple suggestions for you to look into, Becca, and anybody else who is struggling with this particular concern. This is not a comprehensive list of brands, that sell eco-conscious underwear and bras, it's just a starting point, okay? The first is ARQ brand bras and underwear. ARQ is a small company based in Oregon. They use certified organic natural fibers and recycled fibers and deadstock materials in their garments. What is deadstock, you may be asking yourself? Well, deadstock is all that inventory that doesn't get sold. Deadstock can often go straight to the landfill or for those particular eco-conscious companies, they transform the dead stock into something new that hopefully can sell. ARQ focuses a lot on waste reduction. They don't use plastic bags, they mail in cardboard. And Whitney Lee Morris of Tiny Canal Cottage, she was interviewed recently on this podcast, I'll link to our conversation in the show notes, but She posted a review of ARQ products and she said that in her opinion, she's been really happy. The products do not lose their elasticity or color or thickness or shape. She's had them for at least three years, if not four, and they don't look much different from the day she purchased them. Okay, so that's ARQ. Next up is Everlane. First up, let me say, is Everlane perfect? No, no brand selling a product on a large scale Is perfect. Okay, so let me just say that off the top. I get a lot of listeners writing to me all the time about the ads I have on my show and they're saying, well, this isn't eco-conscious about this brand or this isn't particularly sustainable. I hear you. I argue that any company that is, again, selling a product, mass creating a product on a large scale for sale, that inherently is unsustainable. So no, Everlane and every other brand that we talk about on this show today, and always, they're not 100% sustainable. However, Everlane does partner with ethical factories around the world. And how do they track that the factories they're partnering with are ethical? Well, each factory is given a compliance audit to evaluate factors like fair wages and reasonable hours and environmental impact. The company also does, and I think this is pretty darn cool, they reveal the true costs behind their products, from the materials, to the labor, to the transportation, in efforts of being more transparent. Transparency, to me, is key. Giving consumers the knowledge to make informed decisions is, again, up there on my list of most important things that a company can do to earn my trust. Many of their bras are made from at least 87% recycled nylon. So that is a really high percentage, right? When we talked about trash bags on this show, we talked about finding trash bags with a high, high percentage of post- Consumer recycled content. It's the same with bras, right? We want to be, we don't want to be pulling fossil fuels from the earth to create new nylon, virgin nylon, right? We want to be taking the nylon that's already sitting somewhere on the planet and recycling it, creating something new. My final brand for you is a surprise to nobody in the sustainable minimalist sphere. One of my absolute all time favorite brands, of course, Patagonia. Yes, they're expensive. So is Everlane. Patagonia, Everlane, ARQ, their products are definitely more expensive than Target. So again, of course, the privilege problem comes into play. If you can afford better, do better. Buy the best you can afford. If you can't, no sweat, no worries. You're doing the best you can. Pat yourself on the back. Okay, Patagonia. 88% 88% of their clothes are fair trade certified and 98% of their lines use recycled materials. Patagonia gives 1% to the planet. They're transparent about the percentage of factories that they partner with that pay a living wage. I should say, although that most of Patagonia's bras and underwear, their undergarments are not made from natural materials, they are made up from a high percentage of recycled nylon. Patagonia... Is known, has earned its reputation as being a brand that creates durable products. My handy dandy right hand woman, Rachel, who helps me with many episodes, she helped me with this one. She wrote a little note for me. And Rachel, I hope you're not going to be mad that I am going to tell everybody who's listening your note. But Rachel did say that she's a little bit embarrassed. But she's also a little bit proud that she has had Patagonia underwear that's still in great shape from 2008. So that's like 15 years. I think you should be 100% really darn proud of that, by the way. Um, She said that she purchased them. She ended up loving them so much. She purchased multiples. She believes that for her and hopefully for all of you too, you can find a brand that works with your body that you feel great about supporting, that works within your budget, and you can then just continue supporting that brand as your needs evolve. In the case of Patagonia, however, when their products are made to last, you won't be having to shell out money as often. Patagonia, you can go to a retail store, you can go to an REI, um, you can purchase them online. So, of course, check them out. So Becca, I hope that answers your question. We are going to take a quick break because, oh my goodness, I'm talking a lot today. When we come back, we are going to talk about sustainability for college students. I'll see you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back before the break. We covered sustainability as it relates to our undergarments. Now we're talking about eco-friendly living as it relates to college and college students. This question comes from Denise. So I could answer this question by saying, coordinate with your roommate about who's bringing what, so you don't have extras, you don't buy extras. I could say, bring reusable um, containers to the dining hall to take home your leftovers. Those, by the way, those dining halls are such purveyors of food waste, are they not? oh my goodness, so much food waste. I could say, don't throw all your stuff out at the end of the year by putting it on the curb, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of saying all that, I have some other ideas for you. In researching for this episode, we came across an awful lot of really cool initiatives that the college students in your life or the up-and-coming college students in your households might be interested in. So, There is such thing as a green move-out service, and that's where items like furniture, clothing, non-perishable foods, and appliances can be donated instead of thrown away. George Washington University has a green move-out program. George Mason University has one as well. If the college you're attending doesn't have this service, why not make this your legacy? Why not start one? There's another great initiative. It's called Rewild Your Campus, and it seeks to end the use of synthetic herbicides on college campuses to increase biodiversity. They're available at many schools. So if your college or upcoming college student is concerned about the use of the synthetic pesticides, herbicides, insecticides on those pristine quads, on those pristine lawns, check out Rewild Your Campus. Start a chapter or create one. Another example of a college-focused program is Bee Campus USA. It certifies campuses as pollinator-friendly. There are volunteer opportunities. So those are just a couple initiatives that are circulating around college campuses here in the United States. Of course, many schools have sustainability groups. Join them. If there isn't one, start one. And I guess by you know, my final tip for you, Denise, here is to encourage your college student to, number one, do all the eco-friendly activities that we do every darn day. Just because we're at college doesn't mean that those daily habits are any less important. I'm sure you taught your college student really darn well, so they already know this. But also, I would say, Encourage your college student to not wait for somebody else to start the program or the initiative or the group or whatever it is. Empower your college student to start it themselves. okay? The time is past where we're waiting for somebody else to start something. We're doing it ourselves and we're doing it now. Take-home message, Denise, is there's a lot going on on college campuses. Encourage your college student to jump right in with two feet. Next up, we are answering an unnamed listener's question about what to do with the baby bottles, the baby bottle nipples, the breast pump parts, the recalled car seat. So all these items that we need to keep our baby happy, living, thriving, smiling, sleeping, etc. cetera. Uh, and then they outgrow it all. They outgrow it all. <laughs> what do we do with all this stuff? So let me just say to this listener who wrote me this question, I'm so sorry I lost your name. I'm not all that organized. I know you left me your name. Please accept my sincere apologies. But to answer your question, in general, if the baby-related item is still in good shape, you can try to find someone to hand it down to. Of course, Facebook Marketplace, Buy Nothing, Next Door, etc. You can call local nonprofits in your area, especially women's shelters and homeless shelters and church organizations in this specific regard to see if they have any needs for these items. If your breast pump, so I'll be honest, like I don't know if I personally would want somebody's used breast pump, personally. However, If your breast pump is no longer in good shape or perhaps it's not even working anymore, Medela offers a mail and recycling program. So you can send your breast pump to Medela and they will recycle it for you. That is 120 times better than throwing it in the trash can. With regard to baby bottles especially, the bottles are still fine. If a mom or dad doesn't want the nipples they can purchase new nipples that will fit the bottle. So don't just throw the bottles in the trash. With regard to car seats and boosters, Target is notorious for the car seat trade-in program. So you bring in your old or expired or damaged car seat, and then you'll get a coupon for 20% off a new one or a new stroller or certain baby gear. Target, if you're wondering, what does Target do with all these, car seats. Um, Their website states that they partner with waste management to recycle materials from the old car seats to create new products such as pallets and plastic buckets. This is a direct quote and construction materials such as steel beams and carpet padding. It's hard to know whether Target actually recycles these items or whether they just want you to come into their store and they want to give you a 20% coupon so you buy more stuff. I don't know. It's hard to say. However, recycling it that way, I would say, is maybe marginally better than throwing it in the trash can. You could also, you know, in my buy nothing group, people put up expired or used car seats, even though it's not recommended that they get reused, people will then take those into Target or into another store's car seat recycling program to get the coupon. So if you're not down with Target, however, I hear you, you should know that there is a brand, it's called Klek. C-L-E-K, C-L-E-K. Cleck says that they are the first and only car seat manufacturing company in North America that offers a car seat recycling program. So check out Cleck if you're interested. All right, we're going to take one more quick break and then we're going to get into the final question of the day, which is about sustainable and eco-friendly home remodeling and I am going to go off on a big soapbox moment because I am in the middle of a big construction project so stay tuned we'll get there after another quick sponsor break and we are back one more time we've talked bras and underwear we've talked college campuses we've talked potentially on Giveawayable baby stuff. And now we're on to sustainable home remodeling. And this question definitely has a nod towards considering limited budgets. So let me just talk on the limited budget first. I mentioned before the break that my husband and I are in the middle of a gigantic construction project. We've learned the hard way that construction projects are not cheap at all. (laughs) They are really darn expensive. Costs add up quick. The quote that you get at the outset really can be eons away from the final price, especially when you're doing this construction project during a period of inflation. And so when it comes to limited budgets, and I am going to give you some tips and tricks, but I have to say at the outset Remodeling is a long game. If you're remodeling a part of your home, if you're building an addition, these are hopefully investments in your home that are going to last you a couple decades at least, right? And so I would be remiss if I didn't say, first and foremost, that if you don't have the money to do it right, right now, perhaps right now is not the time to do it. Perhaps you wait six months, perhaps you wait a year or two even until you've saved a bit more money, okay? Because once the ball gets rolling and the prices add up, again, I know from firsthand experience, the desire and frankly, the need to keep costs down means that unsustainable decisions look a lot more attractive, okay? Okay. So now we go on to sustainable home remodeling with a nod towards limited budgets. Let's talk first about an energy audit. If you want to know which areas in your home would benefit the most from remodeling from an environmental standpoint, like keeping heat in, keeping cool air in, right? consider having an energy audit performed for your home. A comprehensive energy audit will assess the exterior of your home for areas where moisture and water are getting in. It will use an infrared camera inside your home to see which areas where cold or hot air are escaping or entering. And an energy audit will also complete a blower door test where a special fan is set up on an exterior door to determine where the air leaks are occurring. The results can be scary. When I had an energy audit done and we learned how exactly how leaky our windows were, it was jaw-dropping and not in a good way. So after you receive the results of your energy audit, you can decide which parts of your home would benefit most from a renovation or an upgrade. If you're wondering, well, where do you even find where or how to get an energy audit done? You can go to energy.gov. They have a section on how to find and select an energy assessor to perform that audit. I'll link to it in the show notes. I should say some states here too offer really fantastic rebates when it comes to making important energy-related upgrades. Massachusetts, where I live especially, has a great one. We re-insulated our attic, which came with like a real hefty rebate because we wouldn't have been able to afford it otherwise. And let's just say also, you know, re-insulating your attic, it's expensive and- this is going to sound terrible, but like you don't have anything to show for it. Like I never go into the attic. <laughs> if I'm going to spend $20,000, $30,000, like I want something shiny and new on the main floor. <laughs> and I don't think that's ridiculous. I think many people are like that. But my point here is that we have this amazing rebate program called Mass Save and they help Massachusetts homeowners out with these costs in a very significant way. All right, so general tips for sustainable home remodeling. Maybe your remodeling project has nothing to do with the energy factor. Maybe you just want a cosmetic upgrade. Again, try to buy used or reclaimed materials for your remodel. Secondhand is always more eco-friendly, but it is not always less expensive. Okay, the great example for my life at the moment is floors. I wanted reclaimed wood floors. Why cut down a fancy rare tree when there are plenty of reclaimed boards out there on the planet? When I saw the prices associated with these reclaimed wood planks and they're double, triple the cost of cutting down an existing tree, um, they really price this out quite quickly. So know that reclaimed is often more expensive, but however, like if you're buying new cabinets or a new vanity for the bathroom, buying used, that will save you money. It's almost as though the reclaimed adjective is what hikes the price up. In general, reclaimed or used is more sustainable. You're essentially recycling. However, reclaimed means often, not always, more expensive. Also, of course, attempt to reuse items that are already in your home. You do not have to take a sledgehammer to the kitchen like you see on HGTV shows, right? If your cabinets are still in really good shape, if they're made of real wood, not particle board, they could just have a facelift and you will save money and you will save resources and you'll feel really darn proud of yourself. Other things you could save, floor trim, light fixtures, molding, doors. So think about instead of what you can get new, shift your mindset and think, what can you save? Now, if you are thinking to yourself, well, I'm remodeling my whole kitchen and I'm moving things around so the fridge isn't going to stay in that corner. I'm moving things around so I can't save the cabinets. I say, think again. Rachel, my, again, handy-dandy right-hand woman, she said that her neighbor recently renovated her kitchen and she reconfigured the layout of her kitchen so things moved around. But she asked her contractor to keep most of the cabinets, just move them around, and the contractor was able to do that for her. For the stuff you don't want, again, we don't need to take a sledgehammer and destroy it. It looks like a lot of fun, but it is unsustainable. You can gently remove items from your remodeling project and happily and responsibly donate them. Habitat Restore, Renovation Angel, Big Reuse. These are some nonprofits that will take your unwanted home items. They're not available everywhere in the United States, but something to keep in mind. I'll link to them in the show notes. Use low VOC paints in your home. We don't need to pollute the air unnecessarily. Low VOC paints work just as well. And then, of course, remember the main tenet of sustainable home living, and that is, wherever possible, electrify everything. We've talked about this before. However, it's important to state again The electrical grid is getting cleaner each and every year. I'll link to a recent show I did on this exact topic. But the electrical grid is being powered by more and more every year. There are federal and state standards by more and more renewable sources. So if you can get away from heating and cooling your home with fossil fuels and instead turn to electrifying your heating and cooling over time, like within the next five years, I mean, it's not a lot of time, it's a short amount of time. You, that is a much greener option because again, the grid is getting greener, cleaner than, you know, staying in the past, than burning fossil fuels from thousands of thousands of years ago. Okay, so my final tip here is, you know, renovations can be fun and they can also be expensive know that you are going to come up against contractors who want to do things the way they have always been done. So if you say you want a heat pump as your primary source of heat and you don't want a backup propane tank and you know this can be done because you've done your research and you've looked it up and you've spent your time in the trenches doing your research... And then the contractor comes back and says, no, sorry, we can't do that. Know then that that's an opportunity for you to first push back, but second, find a more progressive contractor. They are out there. It will take more time on your end. It will be stressful and it will definitely be more expensive. But again, let's go back to where we started when I began answering this question. If you don't have the money to do it right, right now, Perhaps now is not the time. Of course, if you have a leak, we just had like negative 20 degree temperatures here in New England. Pipes burst all over the place. Many homeowners needed fixes and immediately. Okay, I'm not talking about that in those situations, but if you're doing a cosmetic upgrade, perhaps you can wait a bit. I have a couple more things to say when it comes to eco-friendly home renovations. Do not forget the Diderot effect. I wrote about the Diderot effect in my book, and I think it's worth mentioning here. The Diderot effect, without getting into like 18th century France, but the Diderot effect occurs when you redo one area of your home, let's say, and then it looks great and you love it, and then everything else looks shabby by consequence. I felt the Diderot effect in full force when, you know, I... So my husband and I moved in. We had like a very old powder room. We did a fairly small renovation project, just updating the powder room. And it looked great. It looked like it belonged in the 21st century. And everything else around it then, the drabby dining room, the den that, you know, really needed a facelift, everything else looks extra drabby. Be wary of the Diderot effect. It is real. And it, if left unchecked, is going to make you Uh, rip out (laughs) more and spend more than you may otherwise would have wanted. So that's number one. And number two is to get really darn clear on what you want, what you're looking for, what the goals are of your project. There are multiple opportunities in these high stakes, high money situations to um, spend more and get a little crazy, right? So rein rain all that in. Don't make any decisions without thinking about them for days and days and weeks, right? Especially design decisions. Have you ever renovated something and you like love the look of, I don't know, let's just say a maroon island let's say oh you want to paint the island in your kitchen maroon and then like three days later you go back to it and you think to yourself what on earth was i thinking that is terrible that's hideous so slow down the process slow down the process so you do not make costly mistakes and waste resources unnecessarily okay phew lots to say today apparently We're wrapping it up. Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 347. If I got it right, let me know. If I got it wrong, let me know that as well. If you think I should have said something and I didn't say it, send me that as well and I'll add it into another episode as an eco tip. You will not hurt my feelings. I am not perfect. I am not a wise sage. There's an awful lot that I don't know and so I welcome your feedback and your own expertise. I'll see you on Tuesday. Reach out if you need me and take care.